Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is Thursday, as we like to say, Friday Eve. We've got a great discussion headed your way. The next debate is 20 days away. September 27th at the Reagan Library, Simi Valley. Fox Business is the host. Uh, we've got three moderators. Dana Perino, who's from actually from the Fox Network. Stuart Varney and a woman named Alina uh, Calderon, who is from Univision, which will be an interesting aspect of this debate that we didn't have at the last. Um, a lot of things to break down. Who's going to be on the stage, what we should look for, what we shouldn't, how the moderators should focus on the issues that they should cover or not cover. Um, and we're going to break it all down with two experts. Mark Lauder, he was former press secretary to Vice President Mike Pence and is currently the chief communications officer for the um, America First Policy Institute. We're also going to break down these same topics with Aaron Elmore, who is an attorney and a Turning Point USA contributor. They are going to give us their take on what they thought about the first debate, what we need to know about the second debate. And actually, I think we might even get into the third debate, which was just announced in Alabama. We'll get to that. But there's a lot to get into. So let's get into it. All right, guys, lot to discuss today because this second debate is 20 days away. I think we're going to end up pretty close to the same cast of characters that we had on the first one. But before uh, we break this all down, just a reminder, please take two seconds. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Go there, hit that button, and then hit the notification button as well. Obviously, if you're watching on the first, thank you for that. But it's always important to have a backup, and it helps us as well if you're subscribing on YouTube, especially on Apple Podcasts. That is a big, big tell for everyone to know how the show's doing, and we're doing well because of you. So please go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and just hit that subscription button. Uh, that's the audio version. But again, when you're doing a show like this, you need all those numbers. So I appreciate your time to do that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, all right. I want to get into the panel discussion right now. Um, great way to kind of start cruising into the weekend. Mark Lauder and Aaron Elmore are really two great people to break down what we should be looking for as we start to talk and get ahead of the second debate. All right. I want to welcome in Aaron Elmore and Mark Lauder. Guys, good to see you both. Uh, we are 20 days, as I said, from this second debate. I want to break it down piece by piece and kind of get your take. Uh, Aaron, I'll start with you. The debate moderators, Dana Perino, Stuart Varney, and this woman, Ilya Calderon from Univision. Um, I've always thought these debates were too much about the moderators. What do you think about these folks going into this one? 
Well, I love Stuart Varney. I used to do his show on Fox Business all the time. He's an extremely measured guy, you know, very British, but he did become an American citizen. And obviously we know that Dana worked in a conservative White House. So I think the two of them are perfectly suited. We haven't seen them before. So I think they're going to bring sort of a new angle together. Yeah. Um, also very fair and balanced. And I like that Univision will be a part of this because in my home state of Florida, we saw that DeSantis won Dade County in his governor's race. And we know that that is largely because of the Hispanic Cuban community and Cubans and Hispanics in general are, are family oriented people. They don't want to be called Latin X. They want to be called Latina or Latino. And I think that as conservatives, if we work harder to sort of understand the needs of these communities, we will do better in getting even more of the vote because the left has completely abandoned these people. Left sort of understanding who they think they are, but no understanding that these are family first, education first, faith first kind of people. And that's really what the conservatives need to lean into, harness their energy, get their votes. So I think this Univision angle, great idea. I'm surprised. Uh, I, I'm surprised you you thought that. Mark, let me get, what do you think about the moderators and Univision? Because I, I, I'm sort of, I get Aaron's point. I just feel like that's a nice general election thing. I'm not really sure what it adds to the primary, but I'm interested to, to know what you think of that. Well, I think the, the, the more that we can engage with uh, the, the Latino community, the better we are. Uh, I go back to 2008, where we had a competitive primary in my home state of Indiana on the Democrat side. And so you had Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton stumping in the, in the state 50, 60 times. And next thing you know, a lot of people in a very conservative blue sta or red state voted blue in the general election because they had seen so much mm -hmm. of the messaging and so much of the uh, content from the candidates. So I like getting into the uh, the Hispanic and Latino communities I early. Guess, okay, but, but, I think fine, but, but here's my question, Mark. I get that, but does is Univision the way to do it? Could you have done Telemundo? Yes. There's a new, you think, so seriously, you think that that was the best way to do this in a, in a primary? I get the general, but I'm saying, and I understand I'm with you on getting more Hispanics to hear our message, but do you think that Univision was the right vehicle? Well, that, I mean, that's going to be a, an interesting question. And I don't know if Telemundo bid uh, uh, for the for one of the debates. Maybe they will get a later one. Uh, so, you know, I would like to see it also expand into radio uh, because from yes. what I understand, so much of the Hispanic and Latino uh, information comes through radio and not necessarily television. So I think we should make sure that we get into that vehicle as well. Uh, but hopefully they'll all be participants throughout this entire process. We've still got a number of debates to go. Yeah. And that liberal, um, the radio in terms of Hispanic radio, I read pretty recently that a lot of those small stations were purchased by a liberal conglomerate. Yeah. It's trying to change the narrative of what they're hearing on the radio. So any chance we can get to expose ourselves and all of our candidates to that community, I think will be value additive and, and a good idea because they might be getting misinformation and disinformation from other sources. But, but here's my point. I, I feel like, um, when we have a, I, mean, I, I led this effort in 2015. Part of my problem is, are you informing Republican voters on issues that they will vote on, right? And I feel like, in, and, and look, if I'm wrong, then I, I'll be the first one to say it, but I feel like we're walking into a trap where all Univision is gonna wanna talk about is, is immigration and family separation and not what we as Republicans, I wanna know who's gonna be the strongest to build the wall, to crack down on immigration, 
to restore law and order. And I feel like immigration, I mean, Univision needs to go in and show their base, their viewership, that they hammered these guys on immigration. And I, I'm going, are we losing the point of the debate, Aaron? No, I don't think so, because I think they see that those communities see these issues as related. They don't want an open border either. But, but, no, no, but, but that's my point. I agree with you. But what I'm saying is I think Univision has an agenda, which is they're going to go in and make Republicans sound like that they don't that they, they lack heart and that, that we should have this pro-immigration policy. I agree with you on, on a lot of their viewers, but that's what I'm getting at is, is Univision the right choice to help Republican voters make a decision as to who the right candidate is that will be strong on the border, strong on immigration. Well, I think we're doing the opposite of Monday morning quarterbacking, right? We're getting pre-steamed here. Yes. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. So there are so many variables and it's so hard for us to say. So right now we're just sort of spitballing to see what happens, but we certainly could say the direction that we want it to go in is yes, have this component of showing that Republicans are strong on the border while also being compassionate. And I do think that that's going to come across here because Democrats, Republicans, and independents are all starting to see that this border crisis impacts them. Fentanyl is pouring through this border, killing people in all 50 states. And that's a problem that is starting to transcend. You see in New York City and Chicago, of all those people who voted Democrat, they're saying, look what you're doing to our community. Our children's schools have migrants in them. Our public parks have migrants in them. We cannot walk down the street. So I actually think that this issue might be the one that shapes the 2024 election because it has now come to all of their backyards and they're saying enough is enough. So, Mark, I, think I, but Mark I just I agree with Aaron, but my question still stands. I just feel like what Aaron articulated is what Republicans want to hear. How are we addressing the surge of migrants? How are we addressing their impact on our economy? How are we making sure that we don't have this again? How are we addressing fentanyl? I agree 100%, but it go back to my question. And I get that we're, we're pre-gaming this, right? That's the, the fun part about this. But I, I, I just, I've watched, I've seen the, the Univision movie. This is what they, yeah. they, they don't care about border security and they're not looking to address the issues that Aaron just said, which I agree with. They're looking to sort of mock Republicans as not, as, as not having a heart and not trying to be empathetic to people who are, 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 are you know, trying to cross our border. I think this is where Dana Perino probably carries the biggest weight and the biggest role in this debate, because obviously the Univision host is going to focus on the on the issues that they feel is important. Stu's going to be in his wheelhouse on the economy. And mm -hmm. Dana, not only being a journalist and obviously an accomplished host at Fox, but being the former message guru for a conservative administration, she can tie the bow to the other areas where whether the question is coming from the Univision host or not. They're going to hear Dana's questions. They're going to hear Stu Varney's questions on the economy, which is still issue number one. And so they'll be exposed to all of it. And I think if Dana needs to bring it back from one area, connect it and make the shift, I think she's probably the best, uh, the best person to do it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, you brought up a bunch of other issues. And uh, you talked about Stewart's role and Dana's role. And I, I'm actually, I wrote that down because I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I think back to my time at when when I ran these things, CNBC, I thought was a business network and they would focus on yeah. business and the economy. And literally it was like the worst night of my life up until then. They, they, they made a mockery of the debates. But let me ask you, Aaron, what topics, based on what you heard at the first debate, what topics do you think are important to hear at this next debate that might have been missed at the last one? You know, that's a really good question, because I think when you reflect back upon the first debate, we had so many ancillary factors, like whether it was the Trump interview with Tucker that were sort of mudding the waters and the fact that they were not prepared for, what is it, Vivek, that sounds like cake, right? <laughs> so he sort of dominated. So now I think it's going to be just drilling down on those issues. And I do think it's important to know who stands for continuing the war in Ukraine and how much should be spent there. I think that's a big one. And what do we want to do about our children's education. Governor DeSantis has been great in Florida about protecting our children from indoctrination in schools. I think obviously we know the economy, gas prices, grocery store prices, all of those sorts of things. The Chinese Communist Party and their role and how we're going to bring manufacturing jobs back and how we're going to stop our infringement of intellectual property. I think some of those are the top line issues, but I think it's going to be these fighting personalities to get a word in edgewise because the Vex really the strongest one up there, whether you like it or not. And they were all trying to attack him, but then they didn't make their own points. Like nothing that they were saying was landing. They were too busy trying to steal the air back from him because he really, really stole the show. Mark, what issues do you think? Like, I, I, I realized the last debate, we didn't talk anything about veterans. We didn't talk anything about the Second Amendment. I mean, to Aaron's point, very little about China and fentanyl and all this. And then obviously our, our military and, and the strength. I mean, I feel like a lot got overlooked last time. And I, I wonder how much needs to get covered this in, in new areas. Well, the thing I worry about most in some of those areas is that it's just going to be a check the box because, I mean, for the most part, every candidate who's running, they're all running on the same platform. They're just arguing over style. So, you know, I would be shocked if someone was not in favor of the Second Amendment or any of those issues. How they're going to get tough with China would be very important. Yep. And I would love to see them really talk about parents' rights because it's not just yeah. about the indoctrination in schools, but it is the radical, woke left, the teachers' unions that are telling moms, they've got no business knowing what's going on in their kids' schools, and we're going to do stuff with your kids behind your back and not tell you about it. And that is something, I mean, we've talked, and Sean, as you so well know, I mean, we talked about what, Walmart moms, soccer moms, you know, over the course of many elections, this is going to be angry moms. Because <laughs> if you tell mom what she doesn't know, what she doesn't have a right to right. know, she's going to fight back. No, I The mom affairs are going to save this country. We've seen it so many times already that during the COVID lockdowns. We saw moms such as myself listening to those Zoom calls and saying, wait a second, this is supposed to be math class. What the heck is my child learning? And I joined a group when I was still living in Pennsylvania called um, Pennsylvania Conservative Women. And they were these women that were completely apolitical. And now there are several hundred thousand women strong who started a PAC because they saw what their children were learning and they said enough is enough. So I think we can't underestimate the power of those mama bears. But what about those liberal college-educated white suburban women on the other side? So what are we going to do to get them? Because we know the governor DeSantis passed a very early abortion ban in Florida. 
And sometimes those women are single issue voters. Yeah. So it's going to be a balance to figure out how we went over those people and also the independents. So, Mark, you know, Aaron brought up Vivek Ramaswamy. We had him on the show on Friday night. Um, how much do you think the candidates are going to adjust their strategy thinking, okay, how do I either be louder than him? How do I combat him? Like what, if you were advising one of these guys and you know, you've been in this for a while, what would you say changes strategy wise because of the Vivek factor? Well, I think the first thing is uh, I would almost approach it like you would uh, with Donald Trump. You can't out-Trump Trump. Trump. You're not going to out-Vake Vivek. That's hard to say. Uh, So you can't do that more. So even if you take a shot at him, I I do think that the candidates spent too much time directly attacking him and then not pivoting to why they had the better future or the better alternative. So if you want to say that you're inexperienced on, say, foreign policy like I think Nikki Haley did— then turn to the camera or turn to the moderator and talk about the importance of why we need someone seasoned going up against Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping, because we don't have time to do you know, on-the-job training, but you never connected the dots with the people yeah. at home about why it was important. Well, do you know what I thought when you said that, by the way? It was interesting. Your old boss, Mike Pence, said that, right? We don't have time to do on-the-job training. And yet, to be fair, he was vice president to President Trump who I get it, very different experiences, but he had never served in government. And I'm thinking to myself, Mike Pence is out there talking about don't have time to do on the job training. We don't need a rookie. And I'm like, well, the last time we had a rookie and it turned out pretty well. So I I just, to your point, I think you have to figure out how do you pivot in a way that doesn't leave you vulnerable? Because if I was Vivek, I'd say, wait a second, you keep complimenting a guy that wasn't in government, that had all these successes, and it worked out pretty well, right? Hey, well, this I really is where they misread that they misread the electorate right now. Yeah. I mean, they elected Donald Trump in 2016 because he was the outsider. Yeah. They were sick and tired of being lied to by politicians of both parties who said they were going to do all these things and then never did them. So to try to say, well, we don't need an outsider this time, but you know, you want the insider is just really misreading where the people are. They just want stuff done. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. I don't think the electorate right now wants someone from the inside. You know, the drain the swamp statement went really far and resonated with a lot of people. The people that came out and voted for Donald Trump, many of whom never voted before, he spoke to them because he was talking to them like they were people, they had a voice and it mattered. The career politicians were something that they were just not interested in. So to say now you sort of want this smarmy insider is definitely not reading the reading the room or the electorate. And I that's why I do think that Vivek is a really good second option because he's from the outside. He's willing to stand up to the establishment. And when Nikki Haley yelled at him on the stage, she sounded like she was screaming at an insolent child and it did not play well. But you say that, Aaron, but the funny thing about it is I I kind of agree with you. I watched it and I said, I I agree with what both of you are saying that I was like, I'm not sure I'd be leaning into how long I've been in government on that stage because I'm not sure. But But the funny thing is, at least the polling in the early states in Iowa and especially in New Hampshire, she's actually gotten, I mean, granted, we're talking like two or three points and she's still at 10%, but she seems to have at least benefited with some kind of group based on her performance. I mean, it's hard to say right now because we are still so early and I think that Trump did suck so much air out of that room and looking at the numbers, it is changing, but I don't think that they're putting a massive dent 
into the polling numbers by these debates. They're sort of chipping away. But the elephant in the room, proverbially and metaphorically and every other possible way, is Donald Trump. Yeah. And that's who basically everyone wants. And the rest of this is sort of like a cute dog and pony show until further notice. So, Mark, do you agree with that? I, I, I sort of been asking this question over and over again about whether or not the debates move the needle. I think Aaron's got a great point. I mean, it's a good show. But do they move the needle, number one? And number two is, if they do move the needle pro or con, like I look at Asa Hutchinson after that last debate and I think, okay, dude, uh, maybe it's time to, to go. Uh, so do they, is there anyone that, that if it's moving the needle that pro or con that is, needs this debate badly? Well, I think everyone not named Trump needs this debate badly, yeah. but I don't think the problem is, is when you look at the polling averages, the, the, you know, you've got Trump who's obviously taken off and risen up. He's hovering right, right now, right around that margin of error and hasn't really moved much. They are trading support amongst each other. Right. Uh, and that's a problem for that other group of eight or nine, whatever number mm -hmm. it is, is that they're not cutting into Trump's lead. They're no. cutting into it, taking, you know, I'm taking one from DeSantis and you're getting one from Pence and so and so. It's like, but no one's moving out and no one's chipping into his lead. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, Aaron, who, do you, who are you going to keep an eye on on September 27th? I mean, I'm going to watch everyone. I would like to see, unfortunately, the heavy, heavy fall of Chris Christie. I think he's just been so disingenuous and having family in New Jersey and remembering Bridgegate and remembering him closing down a beach and then himself sitting and sunning himself on it. Those kinds of things don't really sit well with people. And then he talks about integrity. So I, I really think that, and, and, and the attacking of Trump, I don't know who's telling him that that's the way to go. It's just not working. So I'm looking forward to his untimely political demise. That's about it. But I, I think I'm still just with Vivek. I just want to see what he does. I would really like Governor DeSantis to come home to Florida and govern us. He really dropped the ball on our Jacksonville mayor race. It was with win one or two points. He didn't campaign for the Republican at all. He wasn't out there you know, spreading the word, getting people to vote, encouraging people to run to the polls. And the Republicans ended up losing. And that's a big loss for Florida. When we had those big floods in Fort Lauderdale, he was nowhere to be found. And that's not the image you want as a governor. And there should be laws about that, honestly. You shouldn't be allowed to run for president. We're still trying to govern a state. So I just want him to come home. I want Vivek to keep going because I like what he's saying. And I think it's making it at least interesting. And the rest, you know, they'll fall where they may. Mark, you know, we had Vivek on the show, as I mentioned, and I got a lot of comments. A lot of people love him. And then there's a lot of people who were like, you need to look at his history, right? He's been involved in the, the World Economic Forum in Davos. He was pro-vaccine. I mean, they, they, I've gotten a lot of comments on YouTube and Rumble in particular saying you need to look at like Vivek's great uh, talking point wise, but you need to look at his record. Do you think he should be concerned this debate about people knowing more and being more prepared to kind of push back on his actual record? 
I think there will be a little bit of that. I think, you know, he's going to get a little bit more incoming uh, from from the other people who are in the same polling vicinity. The question is going to be, what does Ron DeSantis do? Because he tried to play this whole, I'm above it, right. I'm the top <laughs> dog on the stage. Yeah. And that didn't work for him. Uh, and it also didn't work for him in the polls. He is continuing his free fall. So now he's really, what is he going to do to try to hold on to second place? Is he going to punch down to Vivek? Or is he going to try to take a shot at the big guy. Uh, Look, I I view all of these candidates on the stage as uh, in various groups. You have got Mike Pence and and Ron DeSantis who aren't going to be the vice president. So they're either looking to post political or 2028. The rest of them are all trying to uh, be in the cabinet or VP. And then you've got Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie who just want to take down Trump. Let me me, have a vaccine. He wouldn't take the vice president's role. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, for a lot of folks in the media. They keep saying, they're auditioning for stuff. And I would, I would go further than, than, than Mark here, right? So I agree with you. DeSantis, Pence, there's no way that they want anything. They, they, or VP or anything else. Nikki Haley's already served. I don't think she would do it again. Chris Christie clearly doesn't yeah. want anything. DeSantis, obviously not going to end up in the cabinet. I just don't think that anyone's going to end up, uh, Vivek, who knows? Maybe, maybe ends up Secretary of Commerce or something. Um, I don't know that he would do it anyway. But my point is, I don't really see that, you know, f- despite the media narrative, that this is an audition stage because I'm going auditioning for what, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. Like, where do you go from here? Everyone in Florida is saying that DeSantis is just going to move to Miami and be on all these billionaires boards (laughs) that have funded him, you know, and sort of hang it up. But he still has to be here for another two years. So who knows? But it doesn't really seem that anyone's auditioning. But the most likely choice for VP, doesn't it seem to be Nikki Haley? No, right? doesn't no, she no, no. Like, no. I, I, I'll no. tell you why, because no. I've always said that, that this is like a concentric circle. The person has to want it and Trump has to want them. I think after what Trump has seen, uh, both in terms of how she left his administration, some of the stuff that she has said between announcing and announcing, and then some of the stuff she said after announcing, he's not going to pick her. He wouldn't trust her. And I don't think she, after some of the comments that she's made about Trump, would take That's the position. Cool. I, I, that's so the one thing. Well, the one thing I have said um, about uh, vice presidents, and you know, I've I've obviously been close to to that side of it, is well, regardless of party, each of them have one thing in common: they fill a hole or something missing in the presidential campaign or right. portfolio. And so, and in this case, you also have to be ready to run in two years and be the nominee uh, in twenty eight. So, when you look at these, what are you offering? Is it a state? Is it a demographic? Is it a specific portfolio of policies that you have in your background? And I think the the one who best checks the box on that stage, I'm not saying people not on the stage, would be Tim Scott. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I'll just say, we're, all, we're getting off track, but I, I, the one thing I would say is that if you're Tim Scott, you watch the Mike Pence movie and you said, do I want to be that loyal? Tim Scott's very you know strong on a lot of issues. And does he want to have to be the, the number two to always saying, I didn't, I don't have a problem with what Trump said. And number two, uh, I just, do, I don't think that he agrees with the, the agenda and the tactics of Trump, uh, that much. So I, I, I can see why Trump would want him. I don't see why Tim Scott would want it. Let me give you my four. I mean, again, this isn't where I wanted to go on this, but I'll tell you, I think that to, to Mark's point, the only thing that Donald Trump thinks that he probably needs to, to have help with is to address a gender issue. And so I don't see uh, Mike Pompeo is my dark horse because, no but 
Here's my other ones. I think Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, Kim Reynolds, the governor of, of Iowa, done a great job. Sarah Sanders, Huck Sarah Huckabee Sanders, because they have a relationship. Yes. She's been a strong governor. And then my outside female dark horse is Tulsi Gabbard. Mark Lauder, tell me what you think about my list. Oh, wow. Uh, obviously, Christy Nome uh, and Kim Reynolds, I think, would be outstanding. I, I love Sarah, as you know, Governor Sanders. Uh, I think she has said that she's not doing it. She's focused on of course she uh, said the that. state. Of course she does. Um, you know, interesting choices. I would also throw Elise Stefanik in there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who could be uh, on that list. All right, I'll give you that. Aaron, what do you think and who would you add? Who would you take off? I would take off Christy Nome. Why? Um, Why? I think she has skeletons. Okay. What is that? You think that bothers Donald Trump? <laughs> I don't think it bothers Donald Trump, but I think something could come out that could potentially hurt her. This is not, I'm just okay. laying that out there and moving on. I love Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think she would be an excellent choice. I like the idea of Elise Stefanik. I don't have anything else to add, but those are my three that I okay. think. Oh, what about RFK Jr.? I don't think that, you know why? Because he's not pro, like the, the base. This is back like in the days when everyone said that there would be like a team up of Lieberman and like the Republican base would revolt uh, of having a Democrat. RFK is great. He's sort of the Joe Manchin right now of presidential candidates, which is Republicans love him because he's a, a Democrat that's again, that's hurting Biden. I don't think we'd want him as one of our own. I'm just, I don't see how you get it past the convention floor. There's the pro-life, the pro-life, pro-gun uh, community in the party is still strong enough that they would say no way. Yeah. Uh, what so maybe Yunkin? Laura Trump can do it. Maybe we just, you know, put Laura in there, even though it's the same last name. I think she would be great. Uh, well, Glenn Youngkin, if he could flip Virginia. Well, I just, again, I don't see Glenn Youngkin wanting to be Donald Trump's number two, just the little that I know the guy. Uh, but that's my two cents. Let me, I want to actually yep. couple, I want to go through a couple more questions before we wrap up though. The, um, there's an AP Associated Press Forum at Georgetown University that they've announced. Um, do you guys, if you were advising a candidate, here's my take on this. The idea, the most valuable thing a candidate has in their time and hanging out in Washington, D.C. among the Associated Press and a bunch of students does not seem to me a great use of time. Mark, would you tell your candidate to go? No, I would tell them to run. Why do you need, uh, to your point, I think you tweeted about it, Sean, why do you need the mainstream media and yeah. the liberal academia's approval in Washington, D.C.? So unless there was a billionaire donor dinner to, connected to it right before or after, I say don't do it. Aaron? Couldn't agree more. There's absolutely no reason to be there. These are not hearts and minds that you're going to be changing. But I do like his approach that if there's a dinner there, absolutely. <laughs> but no, absolutely not. You're going to get hit with questions that you probably don't want to answer in a way that you shouldn't be forced to answer. And there's just no way that it's going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form. That's kind of my Univision view right now, too. But this is, it's high risk, low reward. Um, let me ask you another question. There were, there were two raise your hand questions at the last debate. I, I look at these things as pretty, generally speaking, not that there's, there might be some narrow case when it's like, before we move on, do you think whatever... I think that answering serious questions to be president of the United States by saying, raise your hand to me, seems pretty pedestrian. Aaron. I, I don't disagree with you on that at all. It, it, it's sort of also demeaning and sort of putting you down and making you feel like a child, <laughs> like you're beholden to them. So I don't think that's the best way to sort of gauge a response. But I do like that Vivek was like, boom, <laughs> his hand went straight up when he said he would pardon Trump. So and it's I think that did show people sort of a visceral gut reaction. Yes. So it did have an impact, but it is kind of condescending. No, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And that's why I'm saying there is an element of it because I agree with you that it's like, 
okay, children, you know, next question. But I also thought that you're absolutely right. The visual on that of watching Ron DeSantis go like this, I think was a huge tell to a lot of people. I think you saw that division on stage, um, although I'm still not sure that raise your hand. But Mark, what do you think as we head into this next debate, whether or not those kind of questions are meaningful? I think they are. I'm not sure if they're meaningful. I think that TV likes them because they get the visual. Right. Uh, and, and I am still just floored that Ron DeSantis wasn't prepared to do a yes or no question yeah. or raise your hand and had to look around. Horrible visual, uh, you know, in like, you know, literally just checking to see which way the wind is blowing. Yeah. So this third debate, I know we're talking about the second one, but I just want to get ahead of ourselves for even further. The the <laughs> third debate's going to be in October in Alabama. They're saying the University of Alabama. Oddly enough, they have not introduced a media partner. So like, first question is this. Do you think that this is where Donald Trump finally shows up to a debate? Mark? I think no. it depends on how many candidates are in it. I, if we have thinned the herd to maybe yeah. three or four candidates, then I think he might participate, depending on who the moderator is. I mean, if it's CNN... He's probably not going to participate okay. unless he just wants to go joust with them. Well, Aaron, so go for it. Answer the, that first part, because I want to I want to actually follow up on what Mark said as well. Well, well I just don't think that he's going to show up. It, I, even if the herd is thinned a little bit, I do not think he's showing up for any reason. He's already been president. He doesn't right. need to prove himself, especially with this margin that he's in the lead by. There's just, what is the benefit? What is the upside? He's got the social media platforms. He popped back up on formerly Twitter, now X. I don't think there's, the juice is not worth the squeeze for President Trump. Well, I think until, to Mark's point, I think until it might, maybe that December debate right before Iowa, if he felt threatened, but he, he needs to, as I've said over and over again, if he wins Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, right through, it's over, right? So unless you feel threatened going into Iowa, which is January 15th, why would you put yourself on a stage with any of these guys? And so if the field is winnowed where it's one or two and they're starting to see some some movement in the polls, maybe, but I don't see that before December. But I want to get back to what Mark said about CNN, right? We've now run out of, we, maybe we go to Fox Nation. We had Fox, now Fox Business. I think the RNC is in a tough place because they they don't have many other places to turn. And if you go to that October debate, I mean, I, I think it's CNN or NBC. And I don't, I mean, the thing that's weird is, again, why are we putting ourselves in places where we're literally saying, hey, can the enemy, the people who have, I mean, think about some of the, the things that CNN talent and, MSN, and NBC, Andrea Mitchell, Chuck Todd, all these people have said about our candidates, not just Donald Trump, but Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. They, they have mocked these people and we are now yeah. gonna go and sit in front of them. So Aaron, I mean, I, I just, I, I think the reason we don't have a media partner is they don't have any more places to turn unless they go to Fox Nation. You didn't talk about Newsmax? Well, I mean, I don't know what the situation, I, I think there's a question <laughs> of whether Newsmax has the capability of producing one. Right. So that's another option. But I don't see that there's any. Well, the problem is, is the tertiary candidates, a.k.a. anyone other than Donald Trump, they're in a rock and a hard place. They know if they don't show up, they don't get the exposure. They don't get the ba bandwidth, if you will. Right. And if you're at this hostile sort of CNN environment, you know, it's going to be extremely filled with sound bites that are going to make you look bad just by the way they write the questions. So it's sort of 
a double negative and there's no benefit, but they know they have to do it. Mark, I'll give so, you one idea yeah. for a network that, and, and trust me, you're right. They're all liberal. They all hate us. But I will say one, CBS News has actually covered some of the Hunter Biden investigations in evening news on their morning program. So if you could get the main network, I'm not talking about their streaming service and definitely no to cable, but if you could get the main CBS network in prime time where you would get eyeballs of people who don't watch cable news and maybe with a, you know, with uh, Nora or, you know, Major Garrett or somebody that we could try to see if they'd stay down the middle, I might, it might be worth a shot. So Aaron, if it was CBS to take Mark's proposition for a second and they said Nora O'Donnell or Major Garrett, we're going to moderate it. Would you be, would you think that would be a smart idea for a candidate to go? Well, I was going to say also that I do believe that between the, those majors, the CBS, ABC, and NBC, CBS is always that sort of redheaded stepchild. So perhaps they were only showing the Hunter Biden stuff to sort of steal ratings away and propel themselves upward. So I don't know that their intentions would necessarily be altruistic in helping Republican candidates. So again, it's, it goes back to that quandary but I, I don't think that they're out there trying to bang the gong for plugins. I just think they're trying to make their way up in the ratings. So the problem we, we face is that there's not enough vote viewers or voters on Fox, Newsmax, and all the other outlets yeah. to win. We're eventually going to have to go into enemy but, but, territory but this is, but, and win but Mark, some. I, 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 mm -hmm. This goes back to my Univision point. I don't disagree with this. In a general election, open the aperture, pivot. Go, I mean, not not you know in terms of your issues, but go to outlets that you shouldn't. I asked Vivek this the other day. It, if you think about this as a marketing exercise, getting more voters, are you getting more voters going to CNN or MSNBC? I don't think so. And so it's not that I have a problem in a general election saying, hey, why don't you appeal to a wider group of people? But you, right now, your only job if you're on that stage is to secure the Republican nomination. And you can't tell me that there are people watching Morning Joe that are voting in a Republican caucus or primary. No, absolutely not. No, no, no MSNBC, yeah. no CNN. Uh, but I could see, uh, I could see some of the maybe a CBS. But to your point, that's when then a Newsmax or another outlet, or maybe X. You know, I mean, obviously they can handle that kind of uh, you know traffic. Maybe you do it on the former Twitter. So, Aaron, what do you think? I think X would probably be the best idea, but again, it's, it's leaned so conservative now, but CBS, none of these majors are, are going to be shaping these hearts and minds or stealing votes over, but what are the independents watching? That's what I would like to know. We need to find out where they are. But, but, but Aaron, what, but here's my point. This gets back to the nut of, of what I keep asking you, you, and I get your point. I'm with you on a general election, but independents don't vote in a Republican primary or caucus. We'll have plenty of time. Right. In once, some states, right? In some states- Well, no, you, you can be like, unaffiliated and then, and then yeah. vote, but you're not an independent if you're going to vote in a Republican primary or caucus. You might not affiliate with that party, but you're going to do it. And my point is, I, don't, I wanna know who the best Republican is. I wanna vote who the best conservative is. I don't really care at this point what an independent thinks. I will, once we have a nominee and we have to figure out how do we take that to the eight states that are going to matter. But oh, trying to figure out who's appealing to somebody on the left right now is not my concern. Very valid point. Yeah, you got to focus on the, the issues at hand, which is getting that Republican elected, especially when this field is so crowded, trying to take the air out of the room from Donald Trump. OK, let's so, have Mike Huckabee moderate and put it on the country. Channel. There you go. Look, I see, love that. But see, but see, look, here's my idea. And I've said this for a long time. Do that. 
And then my caveat has always been, if you do something like that, allow C-SPAN the feed of it so that no one has an excuse for not being able to see it, right? Because you could say, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, great. Everything that the Republicans do is broadcast on C-SPAN. Simulcast. They don't have any role in it. They would simulcast it like it was an event. And that way you cover your basis. But I, I've just, that to me has been the big mistake here is that Republicans are missing the boat again and trying to figure out how do we get somebody who's attracting this? I want someone who's going to build a wall, stand for life, support our Second Amendment, take, be tough on China. I don't need a bunch of squishes. We've played the game and I think we as a country have lost because of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me just, let me wrap this by asking this. If you had to look ahead 20 days, Aside from maybe Asa Hutchinson, is there anyone else who's not going to be on that stage, Mark? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I think they're all pretty close, and many of them have already qualified for the second debate. Aaron, do you think that that everyone who's on there? Well, they say they have it. It's interesting because it's only, what, 3% and 50,000 donors. So what's going on with Bergham right now? Where is he? Right. That's going to be, I think, I think that's, that's going to be the cards. only other possibility. Yeah. We know that the Miami mayor, Suarez, has dropped out. Right. I think that the rest are going to be sticking around, but those are the only two. Yeah. What Mark and I have said that could, could I, be potentially. I think until we head in, I think until we head into this Alabama or whatever the November debate is going to be, then we're not really, these guys are clinging on. And the funny thing is, it's a disservice. I mean, I've said this before. If you're four months away from the first votes being cast in Iowa and you're barely trying to get at 1%, uh, by doing gimmicky things, you're not going to be the nominee. It's just not going to happen. And so I think at some point we, we can placate everybody through the second debate and then it's game on. Preseason games are over. You put your starting quarterback in and you actually focus on this race because at that point you're talking two and a half months out from the, the first votes in Iowa. So that's my thing. Um, I, I appreciate you guys both sharing this. I think this has been interesting and enlightening. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. There's so much to get ready for. I thought Mark's point about Dana was really interesting, and it's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye out. Uh, you notice I mentioned that CNBC debate in the 2015-2016 cycle. That was a horrible night. Uh, these guys, I thought, would do a, would focus on business issues, the economy, and they open it up by talking about you know, Trump being a clown and a cartoon character or whatever. And it was just, they, they went off the rails. They inserted Twitter stuff. And so- I really am concerned about Univision, and I wonder if this is going to be a mistake that the RNC comes back to regret. Um, this is what I kept trying to drive the conversation back to. I get the reach, the outreach for the general election. I'm all for it. It makes sense. It's what I talked to Vivek Ramaswamy about last week. There, there's a time and a place. This is an exercise to become the Republican nominee. Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, Republican primary and caucus goers. That's it. So this idea of reaching out, I get it. But this isn't the right time. Um, it'll be interesting to me. I think that we're going to end up with about the same team, as I said, on the stage. So are the stakes going to get higher going into state to, to three? But how these guys respond to Ramaswamy is going to be fascinating to me. He came out swinging. I think DeSantis was caught a little off guard thinking that he was going to be the, the focus of this thing. So does he get more aggressive? There's a lot of those things I think are going to be interesting to watch. We're two weeks out. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of news because they've all started to say, I mean, getting up from one to three is going to be interesting. So I think Bergam and, and Hutchinson are going to be the two to watch, but they all went from 40,000 to 50,000 on the donor side. So I think they should be okay there. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see 
where that polling requirement comes in um, and do one or two, because it would, to be blunt, it would help if we got this thing down a little. And then you heard more of these folks be able to talk a little bit uh, more extensively about important issues. And they say they're going to focus on national security. So I'd love them to have more than like eight seconds to do that. Anyway, I'll be interested in what you think. If you go to my Rumble page or go to uh, locals, seanspicer.locals.com, you can give me your feedback, what you think is important, what we should be covering, what else you want to hear us do. Anyway, I appreciate that. And again, as always, please, if you're not watching this on the first, even if you are watching on the first, go to YouTube, subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Thank you for all your support. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.